0: Yo, what's up, guys? It's Dion Brown, your friend, your brother, and you are watching Man vs. Brand. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And we're gonna get to this video in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everyone? My name is Dion Brown. As the intro kindly said, and you are watching and/or listening to Man vs. Brand. If you are a longtime uh, subscriber and listener of the podcast on streaming platforms, then you know that occasionally I do this very specific thing. I have a solo live where I talk about something that feels relevant and timely uh, to me, to the world, to what's going on. And I haven't done that for YouTube quite yet or for a visual platform uh, because I think that I like these to be mostly unedited. It's unscripted. It's me having a conversation with myself, with the audience. I didn't quite know how this thing would relate or would uh, look in a YouTube format. So I tend to look up to the left and to the right a little bit. Just wasn't quite sure how I wanted to format this, but I figured... Uh, today would be a really great day to have one of these conversations, mostly because I've been having conversations with my coachees, people that I coach uh, professionally and personally about their anxiety, about this feeling, this overwhelming feeling in, the, in their bodies that compel them to feel like they're not enough, that there's not safe space for them. Uh, that they're not being seen, not being heard, not being acknowledged, not for their humanity, but really for the fact that they're they're suffering through something. And, and the fact that their network, that their families, that their uh, professional teams don't engage with that part of them, uh, can't see that part of them in their daily activities, uh, is, is really something that they struggle with. Now I'm going to break all that down what my feelings around that are and and you know and maybe some of the tips that I shared but I'm I'm noticing this this trend that's happening where people are feeling anxiety I think more so than I've ever seen specifically in mass like it's happening to a lot of people at the same time. So If this is the first time that you're hearing my voice, and this is probably the first time that you're seeing me do this, welcome. How are you? Thank you for coming. I appreciate you. I mean that wholeheartedly. I am uh, slightly a comedian kind of guy, so um, I'm always going to just share that love, and and I appreciate everyone who uh, participates uh, with this content, that enjoys this content, so if you like it, please share. All right, so let's talk. First, I want to say that if you clicked on this or you're listening to this, not because you know me personally or you know anything about my work, but because this is something that is poignant and significant to you, then I want to say that you are not alone. Now, people who have listened to me in the past know that I've shared my stories. uh, I've shared uh, platforms with other individuals who have shared their stories and Uh, We are, in fact, not alone in our human experience, good or bad. And it's important that we remember that, that we are not singularly experiencing things that others um, have experienced that uh, similar things to us. Maybe not the same exact things, but similar things. And through experiencing similar things, it allows for us to have empathy for one another. Um, and sometimes it's it's a bit harder to dig into one's own personal empathy when we're also struggling with things, right? It's hard to feel for another person when we don't necessarily have the capacity to feel for ourselves. But the first thing I want to say is, is that if you're experiencing anxiety, fear, confusion, loneliness, depression, you are not alone, right? Uh, a quick search on the internet will tell you that you're not alone. Right. So, so you aren't. And I know that that doesn't feel like it's comforting maybe, but I think that oftentimes when you're experiencing, at least when I'm experiencing a uh, high levels of emotion that are negative, it sometimes feel like this thing is an insular experience that this thing is only happening to me, and that the world at large doesn't have the capacity to understand how hurtful, how harmful, how desperate, how lonely the circumstances are. Now, I do want to, before I kind of head into the next topic, say that uh, there may be uh, some triggers in here. They they are purely unintentional. Um, If you find yourself uh, feeling, emotions that lead you to the negative, I would ask you to turn this off, get into a better space, come back. There's no reason uh, to put yourself through uh, anxiety if you're not really in a space to listen. But uh, I think that there might be some really good stuff in this. Again, it's unscripted. So uh, I will try to be as uh, specific as I can, I'll try to uh, not linger in thoughts for too long and just, you know, maybe spit some things that, that resonate with you. Uh, so when I talk about the fact that I have uh, coached individuals uh, and they have experienced uh, some level of anxiety, fear, uh, depression, What I'm specifically talking about is that I've been having coaching calls, friend calls, family calls, care calls. And a lot of folks have been expressing anxiety uh, over daily interactions, over habits, over things that normally provided them with sense of comfort, now fill them with sense of dread. And I'll kind of go into maybe why I think some of that stuff is happening. Uh, But I just kind of want to define some of these things for you guys. Uh, When we talk about fear, um, I think that right now uh, folks are experiencing fear of decision making. um, That a lot of folks feel like they're in transition. They're in the middle sections of who they were and who they want to be where they were and where they wanna be. And so there is this concern that moving in any one direction uh, will create more pain, more discomfort, will lead to a lack of progress or regression. And they're concerned that, that that movement that they make, that decision that they enact will somehow erode any sense of security and safety that they currently have. Lastly, with depression, um, I think all of us know what depression looks like at some form. Uh, It can take shape in minutes, seconds, hours, days, months, years. I I think what I've noticed though, is that folks have been um, depressed in a very specific way where there's these thoughts of worst case scenarios Thoughts of um, excluding themselves from being in the presence of others, um, removing themselves from family situations, work situations, things that previously brought them joy um, because they are ideating a lot of just, you know, questions around their own self value questions around whether they are adding or detracting from situations, if they're making things worse. And the three really go kind of hand in hand, right? Like I have this anxiety, right? Where things that I used to find easy, I used to find habitual are now creating stress for me. I am now fearing that making any shifts or changes in direction or progress around decisions will lead to inevitable regression, stagnation. And then because of that, I really need to remove myself from these situations, um, that I am only leading these situations into their worst-case scenarios. And the three, I think, really create a really dangerous place. Um, Dangerous in the way that uh, these thoughts can feel overwhelming. Uh, They can feel uh, like they are not allowing us space um, to be ourselves, which are inherently flawed. uh, And through flaws, how we self-investigate and we become our better selves. And so it's something, man, to to experience, you know, these sort of three, um, these three points of of self harm, right, of where, where our thoughts are really consuming us in a way that it doesn't allow our interactions with others, our engagement in our own lives to feel fulfilling and happy and hopeful. Now, I think as it relates to like business and personal life and social engagement, school, all of that, right? Like a lot of the folks that I'm coaching. And I think a lot of folks in general are, are almost dual beings, right? Like we are the person that needs to get through these moments. The person that seemingly is well-composed that has it all together that is out here kind of maneuvering in the world in a specific and intentional kind of way and then there's the person that is so consumed with these thoughts that they become uh debilitating and i think that in a way that 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 that's fair right like like everyone has days when they prefer not to get out of bed, where they prefer to just lay on the couch and order in. And, and it's not based in some sense of relaxation, but some sense in like, I just don't want to confront the universe, right? Uh, and and I also think that these things tend to happen in like percentages, like your best, most um, public facing person you know, you may be 90% them in a week and maybe 10% of the other person or 99% of a public facing person and 1% of the person who just wants to stay in. There are days where you might be 90% of the person who wants to stay in and only 10% of your public facing person. And, and that's okay. The The hope is, is that uh, you find... Uh, community, support, love, professionals that can help you to manage the two, balance the two so that you're not leaning into one so much that the other becomes inevitable, right? Like so that you're not at home for so long that, you know, you lose relationships, lose opportunities, lose jobs. And because of it, you're almost forced to become a public facing person even though you're doing it for uh for reasons that are not necessarily progressive but reactionary to you know the fact that you hadn't done it in so long and the other could be true too that you're you're not not doing the work right the the self investigation the the harm reduction work so that you're, you're not aware of the fact that there is this other part of you um, that can come out at any given point and that you find yourself in these highs and lows because there's no kind of homeostasis around, you know, how you want to approach the world. I don't know if that made sense for a lot of you guys, but I think for the ones that probably experience this, it does. Now, for me, as a business coach, life coach, you know, sort of working in, in, in transitions and helping people with change and change management. I think that. Um, the, the first thing that I would say is that all feelings are valid as it relates to yourself. Now, um, what I'm not saying is that every feeling is true, that every feeling is a reflective of the reality of who you are, but every feeling is valid in the way that because you thought it, it doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you deranged. It doesn't make you um, ridiculous. It doesn't make, it doesn't make you any of these things that can um add to that negative sense, right? That because you thought it, it must be based in something and the job of a professional, not myself because I'm not a therapist, but job of a professional is to help you figure out kind of where that's coming from, what it's rooted in and to help you to Reposition that thought so that you understand the root of it. You understand why it has uh, agency in your mind and in your feelings and to address that thought in a way that allows you and empowers you to um, correctly put it in its context and place in your life. So. What I do is I work on like the top part of that, right? Like just hearing someone, hearing what they're feeling and then acknowledging um, what they're experiencing and how what they're experiencing may affect parts of their lives. What's interesting is I think from a culture, global work for psychological standpoint um, a lot of this could be related to folks not getting the help they needed uh, as a result of, of the pandemic and all of what the pandemic brought up for folks. We know that Uh, Isolation is a form of punishment in prison systems, uh, in uh, military systems, right? That like isolation is one of those things that people uh, are put through in order to break them, in order to make them more docile, make them more compliant. And uh, a lot of folks out here were... Um, emotionally, psychologically, professionally isolated, Um, folks, you know, we experience this sense of fearing intimacy, right? Like masks up, gloves on, sanitize, no hugs. And and yes, it it kept us um, safe. And I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is, is that the body remembers that it went through this period right the mind remembers that it went through this period uh folks who had passings uh weren't able to oftentimes grieve uh grief was compounded you know by personal circumstances professional circumstances deaths there's also this sense of like grief happened online it happened through streams it happened through Zooms. And so a lot of folks haven't been able to get that cathartic moment that allows them to release what what occurred and and reconcile it in a way that allows them to move on. I think for a lot of folks, it created stress. And stress can come in a couple different forms. stress can be like psychological. Right. Um, you know, so job related, home life, um, past related current traumas, uh, wearing multiple hats or, 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 or occupying multiple roles in your life and in the lives of others. Stress can be physical. Um, It could be illness, it could be nutrition, uh, it could be what we're consuming or not consuming uh, and how that thing affects the body, affects the mind. And then we have like environmental, right? Like pollution, noise, Uh, we're consistently engaging in an active and passive way, um, thoughts and input from our environments, right? And what is that? How does that affect us? What does that mean in terms of how we approach the world? And as we know, stress can create anxiety, can create fear, can create uh, thoughts of worst case scenarios. But the stress is valid and no one person can, can say that someone's proximity to stress is more or less important or more or uh less reasonable than another person's, especially when when we also put into factor triggers, both conscious and unconscious. All right? When we experience something and, and our mind actively associates it with something that's happened in our past, or our mind does not actively associated but some part of us feels uh a reaction to it that f- brings up something we're not quite sure what that is um I've experienced that as my own childhood trauma right like just not sure why I feel so passionately and then found out later in life uh what that trigger was actually related to because of my memory I wasn't conscious of that thing uh, and then there's sometimes where we're triggered and it's conscious we just we know Why we have such proximity to it, it um, maybe brings us back to a point that we felt disempowered, where we felt we didn't have voice, where we weren't seen, where we didn't have agency. We weren't able to make the right types of decisions uh, to advocate for our own safety and wellness. And so because of that, you know, as we're being stressed, as we're feeling anxiety, as we have this fear, these thoughts of worst case scenarios, it it puts us in a place where, you know, we feel alone. We feel like the world doesn't understand the weight and the burden of the stress, of the worry, of the concern. Right? And and though we have all experienced in some form this this pandemic and whatever version we did experience it in, right, um, we have, Participated in the act of just moving forward. And for all you know, intents and purposes, we have been required to move forward, right? Um, we have been willing participants in the way that we just wanted life to resume, to move forward, to progress, to get out of. You know, spaces where we couldn't eat at restaurants, we couldn't see other people, we couldn't travel, we actively wanted to participate in a space where we just moved on. We're also required from jobs, from the government, from life to just move on, but but we also went through a really traumatic thing. And on a singular level, if we went through this as an individual, we probably seek some level of help and support for it um so why not it's ask for help ask for support you know even though this thing was experienced in mass and i think it's because um again right like everyone a believes that they're alone so this is a singular experience and two i think that you know we sometimes create value systems for our proximity to stress and and mental health and these feelings we we think that because um in saying it aloud or in you know or in expressing it that you know we're not worthy to have these feelings we're not worthy to to get support for what we need because you know maybe to the world it seems like these things are minimal or maybe they're non-specific right like there's sometimes Anxiety isn't related to one particular thing. It's just a general feeling of anxiousness, of of dread, of worry. And so not being able to articulate a specific thing makes us feel like that thing shouldn't hold power over us. And therefore, that thing doesn't need to be accurately and effectively addressed. I want to say that, you know, it's it's important that we give ourselves space to be uncertain about how to move forward. Um, but the goal is that we do move forward. Uh, and, and what I mean by moving forward is, is that once we recognize that something needs to be addressed, that we create space in our lives to address that thing and it may not be tomorrow. It may, it may be that you need a bit of time to like really push forward with that initiative, um, to shift the way you think. Um, and it's okay if you don't have a general plan for that. Right. Like I think that's the beauty of, of, of having time and space to like research and to, to watch videos and to talk to professionals and talk to friends and support systems and to um, pastors or religious leaders or social leaders or you know teachers, you know whoever is in your life that provides some sense of leadership, to talk to them and to see, you know how how they have lived and how others in their networks have lived and what decisions they came up with and what um, parallel uh, experiences they've had and, and how that might be able to inform your choices and your decisions or maybe answer some of your questions. Now, to the leaders out there, to the folks that are religious leaders, social leaders, professional leaders, it's okay that you don't have all the answers, right? Like, it's okay if we don't know you know, what to say or to do in a moment. Um, Sometimes we need to reflect on information that we're given. I think that uh, the way that the world operates right now is that everyone is sort of expected to have answers, to be witty, to be insightful, to pull quotes out the air uh, because that's what we see, you know, in TV. This is what we see uh, in clips, right? That folks just seem to have it together in a perfectly crafted, well edited format, right? And and sometimes it feels like, man, I wish I could have said that thing in that moment, right? Or, man, I don't really know what to say in this moment. And, and I don't know how to approach this issue. You know, I, I need to f- figure this thing out or, or, or better yet, I might've failed at this thing, right? Because I didn't have all the tools in my toolbox readily available to the person who needed it. What I will say is, is that, you know, I think it's better to be thoughtful than to try to be thought provoking, right? Like sometimes I think we go for thought provoking when sometimes we just need to go for thoughtful. We need to take us some time and really um, sit with it, communicate effectively, You know, let the person know, hey, um, this is important to me. I want to think on it for a bit. Now, I think that if the person seems like they're in an emergency type situation, I think the, that rule kind of changes, that approach um, needs to shift. But I think if a person is really asking for some level of opinion around or support or solution around or guidance around what they're experiencing. Maybe it's a decision they need to make. Maybe it's thoughts that they're having, right? That we we become thoughtful about how we want to approach it. If you're listening to my voice and you're like, man, what this guy is saying sounds really good for me, right? Um, I'm going to give you some, uh, maybe one or two, three, maybe four, right? Uh, this is unedited. So I don't know how many of these it's going to be, but I'm going to give you maybe some thoughts on, on what you can do. So, I talked to you about finding leadership. Uh, We had a conversation about communication. Communication is key to all of this. Um, I think that you try to find community and support. Um, If it's not in your network, then maybe work within your network to find those people, right? Have some conversations, right? Like that are above just kind of, you know, what are you up to? How are you doing? It doesn't mean that you need to trauma dump. Like you don't need to just tell everyone everything, but right? Like maybe you spend some time really engaging in conversation that allows for transparency, for safe space. Um, it's a slightly different at work, but I, I think that if you're on a team, if you have a project, and life is really lifeing, right? Life is really um, not allowing you to show up as your best self, that you really advocate for yourself. Hey, this is a, a, a been a tough week for me, man. I'm pushing through. I'm definitely gonna, you know, work on this and, and and process my feelings while I continue to to move this work forward. Or if you can, that you advocate for yourself in another way and and you know, have a conversation around, you know, maybe you know, just needing to create some um some balance in the way that you're approaching work and scheduling. Um, I found that a lot of folks feel like they're working more since the pandemic and that the workload feels stressful. It feels like it hasn't really been a break. Um, specifically those who who have been working from home um, and then kind of came back into the office. I think that the sort of work from home compulsion that we all felt where we just kind of need to do do jump on zooms jump on zooms right now it's happening in real life and it feels a lot less safe because there aren't those comforts of home there that allow you to balance a rigorous work schedule workload with just being comfortable all right feeling safe Be brave, speak out. That's what I want to say that about that, right? Be brave and speak out. Speak to your folks. Um, I've talked about social contracts in the past, and and I'm going to kind of give that idea to you right now that you engage in social contracts. You let people know what's going on with you. You come into some level of agreement with them about what that means. Maybe it means, hey, grandma, I might not be able to visit you next week because I'm going to need some time, Right? Hey, workout buddies, you know what I'm saying? I uh, I may need to work out three days next week instead of five. I'm going to spend some time kind of working on myself and some things. Maybe I'm taking some meditation classes. Maybe I'm doing some breath work, both of which I recommend, one of which we're going to try a little bit later. But, yeah, maybe you you spend some, some time uh, communicating, you know, not necessarily boundaries, but the space that you'll be existing in for a period of time so that others are aware of it and that you're not creating social miscommunication and discord by just not being upfront with people about what the shift in how you're feeling will affect those relationships. Because for good or bad, the way that we've feel ultimately will reflect in the relationships that we have, right? How present we are for people, how not present we are, how active or not active we are, right? Um, There are periods where, you know, um, I know folks that just won't answer a text for four or five weeks, right? Which heightens my alarm, right? I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And it may just be possible that they need space. So communicating that I think allows for people to kind of know where you are, Um, and to do care checks on you. And then you get to decide whether you respond, whether you reply, whether you want to engage, but at least they know sort of where you sit with it. It's so important to breathe. Like, man, it's so important to breathe. Like breath work will fundamentally change your life. Uh, I had someone who did, who does breath work, did, who does breath work, Uh, on the platform. uh, Antonio Harrison. Uh, So definitely check that out. I will try to find a way to leave that episode uh, uh, down in the description so you guys can check out that. Um, And I'll leave maybe uh, another episode that I think might be uh, good if you're just, just kind of want to experience uh, another way of thinking as it relates to managing and, and, and dealing with stress. But I have something cool for you guys. All right. You want to do this with me? All right. Are we, are we good for that? How do you feel? Do you feel feel like you want to do some work? I want to do a guided meditation with you guys. So if you're willing, then I want you guys to get super comfortable. We're going to take a sec. All right, we'll let you guys get comfortable, and I'm going to read to you a meditation that has really helped me uh, in my own life. Uh, it's something that I employ, and I hope that it could be really helpful for you. Now, I know that a lot of guided meditations are filled with like really cool music and like dim lights and. Oftentimes I wouldn't even be on screen, like it would be showing you like a a river of some kind to help you to get focused and and to create uh, a space for meditation. Uh, But uh, I'm also uh, trying to get this up for um, streaming platforms also. So uh, I don't want to add music and add graphics Um, specifically for one platform. So I'm just going to read this, but first we're going to reset. So we're going to very much like ginger and sushi. We're going to reset our palate in this moment. And then uh, we're going to start the meditation. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a meditation on decision-making. This guided meditation will help you to become more confident and let go of anxiety when facing a decision. It is normal to feel unsettled before an important evaluation of what course to follow. Even the most prepared individuals will experience some level of distress before making a choice. I want you to relax and prepare your mind to face any pressure and to be confident and calm. I will first ask you to remove any distractions around you. Turn off any devices that may interrupt you And make yourself comfortable in a quiet space. Place yourself in any resting position that makes you comfortable and close your eyes. If you're listening to this and the aim is to fall asleep, that's perfectly okay with me too. Now that you are comfortable, let's check your mental state. Is your mind very active? Is it not? Is it concerned? Is it not? Just be aware of it. If it is restless, let it be restless for now. If it is calm, That's okay, too. Take a moment to simply acknowledge your present mental and physical state. All right, guys. If you're ready, let's start. Let's take a few deep breaths in. Inviting your mind and body to calm down and relax. Feel your lungs, feeling your belly rise. And exhale, letting go of any worries, anxiety, and breath. Let's do that again. Fill up your lungs, filling your belly rise. And exhale, letting go of any worries, anxiety, and breath. Continue this until you feel a general sense of calm. Allow yourself to surrender to this moment. Once again, inhale a big breath, clearing up your mind, bringing fresh air into your lungs, and breathe out balanced, relaxed, and clear. When you are ready Bring to your mind a decision. Visualize yourself in a safe room or space in which the decision is going to take place. Now step into the room in your mind. In this moment, You feel confident in how well-prepared you are. Visualize multiple doors in that room. Consider each of the doors. Notice each door is brightly lit. There are no wrong choices, only different paths of learning. In this relaxed state, with your eyes closed and your breathing even, as soon as you are ready, open the first door. Realize that you thoroughly understand the risk and reward behind that door. Recognize that everything flows smoothly and effortlessly because you are looking at the path and haven't decided which door to enter. You feel a state of completeness and balance while you carefully inspect what is behind this door. You are relaxed. You are enjoying yourself, knowing that you will succeed and that all your preparation was worth it. Now continue to open each brightly lit door until you have explored all options for your decision. Once you have opened, analyzed, and closed the last brightly lit door, and you know it is done. You know you have succeeded. Experience that sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. You are proud of yourself. Feel it deeply in your whole being. Expand all those positive feelings until your whole being is immersed in the light of the doors. You know what you must do. You are prepared for what you must do. You are satisfied with your decision. You are calm with that knowledge. Stay with these feelings for a few moments. Allow yourself to fully embrace and embody these positive feelings. Bathe in the light. And now let these following words resonate from within yourself, from your true voice. I can solve any problem and face any challenge. I am capable and ready. A decision is an opportunity to shine. I am made of light. I am confident. I am ready. I am well prepared. Let these words reverberate within yourself. Feel their power and their truth. Their truth is your truth. Now come back to your body. And let's take a few deep breaths. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in once again, breathe out. Now I want you to bring your attention to your fingers. And when you feel ready, start making small movements. First with your fingers, then with your shoulders. Now your neck. your back, your thighs, and when you feel ready, open your eyes. Listen, I hope that that has helped you. I hope that that has created a sense of calm within you. It helps me. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I hope that if you are experiencing stress, anxiety that you understand that this is something that you're not alone in that it takes work in order for your state of being to change and that love is great and hope is paramount but work is what's going to get you to the other side and so use all of those skills. Use love and hope and work to get you to the point that you want to be. I am Dion Brown, This Man Versus Brand. I hope that this helped you. I hope that I helped my coaches when I talked them through some of their experiences with stress, anxiety, both at home and in the workplace. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, share, subscribe. Uh, This is going to be on all podcasting platforms. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.